tax tax, which is always exciting. GST reform. That's a great idea. Um, more efficient tax. Due diligence now. Hey everyone and welcome. You're listening to Tax Wrap. We're on episode 19 this week and we're going to be talking about single touch payroll. Uh, my name's Nathan Hewitt and we're joined by Letty and Andy. How are we doing guys? Oh, we're doing good. very well. Good. That's good to hear. Now single touch payroll. Last week we touched on uh, building confidence, which is the tax officer's uh, sort of move uh, compliance uh, outreach initiative. Um, they're looking to make things easier across the board and also increase their communication with taxpayers and sort of uh, rebuild some of that lost uh, rapport with taxpayers they've had over the last decade or so. And single-touch payroll is something that's going to be coming in, uh, I think, in 2016, is that correct? Starting from July 2016. Okay, and um, it was something that was announced... Uh, Last just, year, just after Christmas, yes. Um, and now the the consultation periods of single touch payroll. So the the tax office sort of closed that period. But we're just going to go through uh, what it is, um, some of the things that we should look out for um, as it continues uh, toward the implementation date. But first of all, uh, Letty, what is single touch payroll? Okay, great. Well, we'll go back one step actually. Mm-hmm. So while this is driven by the ATO, it's actually part of the broader government initiative to automate everything and to integrate everything on an electronic platform That's over great. the next uh, X number of years. Um, as most of our listeners will be aware, we've had developments like eTax and MyTax and MyGov, especially the development of MyGov in the last year or two, where you know your uh, your average individual signs up for MyGov account, and under that account, you can then integrate and link your ATO account, your Medicare, your Centrelink, uh, Department of Human Services information, and so on and so forth. So this is really just another uh, step. This is more for businesses, but this is just another step in the government's broader fishing uh, for automation uh, in in these sorts of services. Yeah, I, I guess it's one of those things, Nathan, that um, over the long haul we're moving towards a one-stop shop mm-hmm. where all that information is available at one place for example MyGov and now for businesses we're starting to see uh, particularly in the automation space uh, a movement towards uh, standard business reporting mm-hmm. so all that's going full steam ahead uh, doesn't it's going unabated so so it's it's a matter of trying to comprehend how all this works sure now from a practical perspective uh, most of look most of our listeners will either either work in an accounting function at the jobs or payroll function, or even if you don't, you are probably an employee that mm-hmm. gets paid <laughs> through the payroll function. Most likely, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> most hopefully. So everybody is touched by payroll in some way, shape or form, professionally and or personally. Um, and as a lot of our listeners will know, the payroll function for most businesses require a lot of work, a lot of labour, a, a lot of paperwork, a lot of processing mm-hmm. throughout the year. There's not only is there the payment of the actual salaries and wages, but there's all the reporting of, you know, POYG amounts and uh, paying those withholding amounts to the tax office at the right time, reporting and payment of superannuation guarantee amounts, mm-hmm. uh, reporting on the payment summaries at the end of the year, and various other uh, reporting and paperwork and uh, cash flow impacts throughout the year as well. So under single touch payroll, what the general idea is for the um, accounting software providers to integrate the systems with the ATO system such mm. that when the business 
makes a salary or wage payment, in other words, what they call the payroll event, that data is automatically reported to the ATO. Wow. Uh, so that would cut out the need to be reporting on uh, business activity statements throughout the year. Well, you still need to do batches for other <laughs> things, but in terms of the actual payroll information, uh, PAYG reporting information, that would automatically be reported to the tax office. Um, and it would also, well, they would also cut out the need to issue payment summaries at the end of the year because all that data would already be in the tax office system mm. and employees will be able to download all the um, employment, salary and wages and PAYG reporting information into the tax returns without needing a separate payment summary. So I guess, I guess, Lydia, it's, uh, it's a removal of duplication, basically. Every yeah. time yes. I make a single payment, that information goes straight to the ATO. Yes, that's right. Sitting there in their yeah. system. And there's also... A f- few, uh, not only would the information go to the ATO, but there's also a few that the relevant information will also go to super funds um, and government agencies and any other entity that may require that information. So, so I guess, Lee, does that mean that um, when I go see my employer now, under a single, ta- a single touch payroll type regime, I'm a new employee, do I directly give my TFN, that TFN goes directly to the tax office, is that how the process works? Sure. Well, well, part of part of the uh, single touch payroll initiative is that it should make uh, commencing your employment and ceasing employment easier on the employer and the employee. Mm-hmm. So they haven't they they haven't got final details out. They haven't got the legislation out. But the general idea is that when you commence new employment, instead of filling out you know all your TFM forms and super fund choice forms and so on and so forth. Um, and then your employer generally has to send it off to 50 different places and input it into their own um, software and send it to relevant super funds and government agencies. The idea is that you would be able to input the data once and that data would then get sent to the employer, the super funds, government agencies and whoever else needs it through, through this one, uh, one data entry point. It sounds like a fantastic initiative. It sounds on the face of it like it will uh, eliminate a lot of headaches or else minimise it well, and consolidate it into the one headache. For, yeah. that, that's the for idea. Employers. Of course, with these things, there's, there's, always, there's always concerns. Yeah. Um, it is a very, very big project. It is something that has impact not only on employers and, and staff who actually work on the payroll function and, or the accounting and finance function, but obviously has impact on um, all employees as well. Uh, mm. For example, um, getting rid of the payment summary. Now, for the for the accountant or the accounting assistant who has to man- manually put in a lot of data into the payment summaries currently, they might think that's a great idea because that gets rid of a lot of their overtime mm. at year end. Um, however, we need to ensure that the reporting function is robust enough so that the information that is downloaded into our e-tax or into our tax agents information systems are definitely accurate because if you don't actually receive a payment summary you need some way of knowing that what's in your tax return is correct and or your PAYG reporting amounts are all correct. Mm -hmm. The other thing is and this is something that has not yet been resolved and that the ATO was taking consultation uh, comments on is that with removing the payment summaries at year end sure the salary information, wage information, PAYG reporting information is already in the ATO system. But how about things like the reportable fringe benefits amounts and reportable superannuation contributions amounts, which, uh, as is currently done, is really 
just done as a one-step thing at the end of the year. Yeah, this is this is a real problem, Nathan, because um, reportable um, reportable fringe benefits. Um, Employees need to calculate that separately, you know, when they do their FBT return. Yeah. And reportable fringe benefits, um, provided that your taxable value of your fringe benefits exceed $2,000 a year, can really have an impact on certain aspects of your entitlement. So, yeah. for example, you know, if you're making health repayments, uh, reportable fringe benefits will increase the the um, the amount of um, help that you'll be you'll be repaying yeah, if you do course. have a help yeah. home. So. Yeah. And I understand you. Have, I think you've got a student loan. Yeah, I do. Well. Yeah. So, so that's something that you, you'll need to consider if you know your employer or taxpayers provides you with uh, some fringe benefits. So, how do they capture that information? That's going to be the key, and I think it's part of the process. Lady, uh, the tax office is trying to find out ways how how they can integrate this. Absolutely, the ATO is very much aware that this is a outstanding issue. Um, that in getting rid of the payment summary they still need to figure out a way that they can deal with the RFBA and other related sort of issues um, each year end. And so uh, those who are involved in the payroll process, you may be questioning, well, does that really cut our work? Because we still <laughs> we still, we still, still will need to provide that sort of information. We still need to do those sorts of calculations. Mm. Um, yeah, so on, on the PAYG withholding front, Lydia, um, I guess the withholding varies depending on the size of your the sure. employer that you work with mm -hmm. um, but is there a talk now in terms of when payment should be made because the reporting yeah. function is you know every time that the employer makes a payment to into your bank account for for your uh, salary that information goes straight to the tax office but what about the payment of the actual sure. tax lady? so currently and and I should also mention that if uh, our listeners are interested in this topic and reading further about it the ATO actually has um, a consultation paper that sets um, all these issues are in detail and even has 16 questions for consultation. And even though the consultation period is over, the ATO will probably still be happy to hear your thoughts and your views and your ideas. Mm. Or you may just want to know more for your own business or for yourself. Um, and on that topic, the current plan is really just all about the reporting function. So in other words, to report in real time when the salaries and wages go through, um, the time of the payroll event or the reporting is done at the same time. But there is very much a view to moving the payment obligations into real time as well and legislating that. Wow. So in other words, when when the um, salaries and wages are paid, not only will the re reporting be done at that point in time, but so will the payment of the PAYG withholding amounts and superannuation guarantee amounts. Yeah, so that might be a bit of a pain because, you know, particularly with uh, employees who are working on a casual or part-time basis, they or, you know, employees who pay their staff on a, you know, a, a weekly or fortnightly basis, all of a sudden they've got some real cash flow issues there. Um, yes, certainly. Yeah. So the, the overall burden, the overall tax and super burden for the entire year is not going to change. But as most people are aware, cash flow, the timing, can be a big deal, um, mm. especially for small businesses, because if you're used to paying quarterly, you may be using those cash reserves for other business reasons, or you you may have budgeted or planned your cash inflows and outflows accordingly. Uh, if they do move the payment of PRY withholding and super guarantee to real time at the time of the payroll event, businesses will have to adapt their um, the cash flow uh, plans to cater for that, and that will affect not only payroll-related payments, but 
things like payments of supply invoices or collecting debts from um, customers, trade terms, things like that. Depending on the nature of the business, the size of the business and and the cash reserves of the business, um, it could be a minor impact or it could be a major impact. So there's a lot of real competing pressures there. In yeah, terms there of are. Absolutely. Look, the government, you know, the government put, makes these suggestions not for no good reason, especially with superannuation guarantee. One concern that, that has driven them to look at real-time payment is that uh, under the current system, um, there's always a time lag before the ATO realises that an employer has not properly paid super guaranteed for an employee. And also when businesses go bankrupt or insolvent, <laughs> more accurately, um, a lot of the time these poor employees will never get the super paid. Mm. And so real-time payment, reporting and payment, especially for superannuation guarantee purposes, can actually help protect employees. Yeah, that's, so that's, so it's not all bad. Yeah. And that's a very good point. You know, we, we talked about, you know, a while ago to work issues around phoenix companies and you know having directors liable to super guarantee and so forth so so this is a really good initiative on that front i mean obviously the policy front yes it's it's just nothing at the practical level yeah now lady in terms of um in terms of you know software is there software being put in place to assist with this this single touch now the ato has been talking to the commercial software providers I'm not sure whether it's which one specifically, but you'd imagine Myop, Zero, and all the usual suspects. The ones that are providing the current accounting software um, for businesses to manage the payroll functions. Now, one concern that we at Taxpayers Australia has did raise with the ATO is when you bring in something like single touch payroll, which is so software dependent and obviously will require much more sophisticated software than what is currently on the market, would that increase the software costs for employers? Uh, what the ATO has said is, well, obviously they can't really, con- we all know they can't really control the uh, commercial operations of, uh, of the software providers, but what they've said is that they have looked at overseas experiences Um, because obviously we're not the first country in the world to look at automating things. Um, (laughs) And what they've seen is that due to the mandatory nature of this sort of thing, generally speaking, overseas experience has seen that the market price for software has actually dropped because because getting this sort of software is now mandatory. and And so there's just a much bigger market and more competition. And so software prices hopefully will drop, but... We don't, we don't know at the moment. Mm. Uh, the other thing is because a lot of micro businesses may currently not be using sophisticated software or may not even be using that level of software at all, uh, there may well be some free software or in, free entry level software or low cost entry level software to help these uh, businesses get into, get into that space. Mm. And in terms of payroll tax liabilities for state-based payroll tax liabilities, did the ATO mention anything to that effect? No, there wasn't um, any mention of uh, the state and territory-based employment-related taxes, such as payroll tax. Uh, One would think that, I mean, in practice, they would have to look at whether it's feasible to move these liabilities, not just payroll tax, but work cover and other employment-related obligations like that for reporting and or for payment, uh, whether it's feasible to move these liabilities and obligations into um, something like single-touch payroll. But I suppose suppose single-touch payroll is really a Commonwealth government thing 
um, and the ATO really administers Commonwealth level legislation. Uh, and so I think it'll be a fair way down the track before you get all the states and territories <laughs> on board with yeah. in, interacting with a Commonwealth initiative like this. Mm. Last, last but not least, Lydia, I guess, um, when is this all going to happen? What are the timeframes in place? Well, the discussion paper that's on the ATO website sets out a provisional timeframe. Now, this is not legislated yet, um, and so it could still be subject to change. Basically, um, the, ti- the draft timeframe really depends on your level of withholding. So for employers with withholding greater than $100,000 a year, um, it will be available from July 2016. They'll be encouraged but not um, but, but not forced to transition to single-touch payroll. Um, and then from July 2017, those large withholders will be required to operate in single-touch payroll environment. With For employers with withholding less than $100,000, they get an extra year. So they won't be required until about July 2018, but it will be available to them from July 2016 and the current uh, plans anyway. Um, because this is all going to be legislated, it's not an opt-in system, uh, it's mandatory. So penalties will apply if employers don't do the right thing, but especially during the transition years, um, the ATO has said that they will they will go, they will be quite lenient with the penalties and that there will also be generous exemptions um, in terms of delaying start date for certain employers or exempting certain types of employers. Yeah. But we are still waiting for draft legislation to come out to see what those sorts of penalties or exemptions may be. Yeah, I mean, 15 months isn't a very long time for no, you to get not. your, for you to get your act together. Yes. Yeah, so, so hopefully, um, you know, the information's out there, it's readily, readily available and hopefully people will get a chance to familiarise themselves quickly with it so that once it hit, one July 16 hits, we, it's all raring to go. Yes, and hopefully the software companies will also be um, in constant communication with the employers as well to let them know uh, how, how their side of the development is going. Absolutely. Well, we've certainly spent quite a bit of time working out the ins and outs of, of um, single-touch payroll, and it'll be interesting to see how it evolves uh, in the next you know, 15 months or so. Um, this has been Tax Wrap Episode 19. Uh, you've been listening to Letty, Andy and Nath. Thanks for joining us. Tune in next week. See ya. Thank you.